In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Hey there. This was such a massive week that we didn't do In the Lab on a Tuesday. We had to push it back two days to Thursday. So that's why we're coming at you now. I'm Drew Doherty. That's John Harris. We're happy that you're with us. John, we're not going to go pick by pick. I know our good pal Dave Howard was asking for that. And you know what? I also failed Dave in another way. I didn't do the, uh, we didn't do the Peter Gardier top five rankings or the, the Texas quarterback rankings. We will do the Peter Gardier rankings soon. You have my promise, Dave Howard. And we'll get into some of these other draft picks as well. But today, John, I want to touch on three things. Okay. Davis Mills and the connections that led him here. Roy Lopez and a connection from the past and some, some more about what we want to talk about. And then the mock draft survey for 2022, not the one that just finished, but for next year, we can actually do that. Now you couldn't do that last year because nobody had a three round mock draft. Right. But let's start with Davis Mills. The guys from in the loop, Landry Locker, John Lopez had a fun interview with David Shaw, their head coach who we have interviewed in the past when we took Justin Reed, the safety, when we went back to Stanford in the off season, a couple of seasons ago with Justin Reed and followed him around campus. So he's got a familiarity and had a familiarity with the Texans and has for a while that popped up and was, I think, strengthened with the addition of Pep Hamilton, who was with Shaw for three seasons, two of which as his OC and the, the, the one before that, I think, he was a, you know, an assistant and so was Shaw. So those guys know each other and they're very, very tight. And that meant a lot. And you've also heard about how Andrew Luck and Davis Mills work together in the off season at times. Luck's from here, um, yep. played at Stratford. We all know that. And when you look at the highlights, if you just kind of take everything out of you know context, you kind of look at what Davis Mills does and you think, that sort of reminds me of a, a skinnier Andrew Luck, the way he moves, the way he throws. I'm not saying he's Andrew right. Luck. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it, it's reminiscent of it. But yeah. there's lots and lots of connections, and there is an upside that the Texans think is there, and they're intrigued by it. No doubt. After, after Landry and John did an interview with David Shaw, and, and, and I know Coach Shaw through Bear Bryant Awards. Mm-hmm. We've had him, I don't know how many times. and he Another was so connection good to the us. city. Yeah, another connection yeah. to the city. He, he's so good to us. He, he told us, I think, in one of the, the last years he was there, he's like, you know, because the way the process worked, at least back when I was on the committee, was you had to accept being a finalist. You had to accept being in Houston to be a finalist. And he finally just told the group, he's like, look, if you guys have voted on me to be a finalist, I'm there. Just don't even, you don't even have to call and ask. You just have to tell me when it is. That's cool. And I was just like, man, I just had the utmost respect for him because we had coaches that would tell us they're coming. And then back out just because they didn't want to go or they lost a bowl game or some nonsense like that. And Coach Shaw was always there. And so I know Coach Shaw and his connection to Houston is a, is a good one. And, and I, I love him. I would, uh, you know, if in a, in a next life, if I could ever work with him closely on a day-to-day basis, I think that would be very, very cool. Because I think he's just everything that uh, is good about coaching and good about leading uh, other human beings and younger human beings. I think he's great. And he's so good at what, what he does, says, too. And yeah. he's good at what he does. I mean, No doubt. And, and I, I, don't, I don't take what he says with, uh, with a grain of salt at all um, because I think there's a way that he could say if he didn't care for a guy or he wasn't happy with a guy, 
Uh, I think there would be a way that he could say it uh, without losing credibility, without losing credibility with his team, et cetera. So when he says things about Davis Mills, I take it 100%. That said, there's only one other person that I trust more than David Shaw. It's me. And when I saw Davis, Davis Mills play, I, I, there was so much to like about him. I just I loved his throwing motion. I just loved how smooth he was. And I remember really – I mean, I had watched him during the year. There's a difference in watching him when you're on the road late at night, lying in bed, watching Stanford, UCLA. I mean, you can make a mental note like, wow, he looks really good. But when you then decide, I'm going to look at this guy, boom, like, here it goes. This is the one thing I'm focusing on. I'm looking at everything. Look at his feet, his drop, his mechanics, everything at the line of scrimmage. I'm like, man, this guy's, this guy's pretty good. I wish he would have gone back. He would have been a first-round pick, and maybe we would have had an opportunity to draft him uh, with a first-round pick next year. I just didn't think that we would have an opportunity to draft him. I thought he, I thought he would eventually be gone. The way that quarterbacks were, the way that quarterbacks were going off the board. Even though I did have him a shade outside the hundred, actually I had him in the hundred. But when I moved some things around, he popped the one on one. But I thought as the draft was approaching, I was like, the more I watched him, the more I felt like, and he's not going to be there for us. When he was, I was like, man, this is the ultimate. This is uh, sort of quarterback Bitcoin. This is sort of quarterback Doge coin, whatever. Um, it was sort of buying low and not really knowing, I guess, in some sense what you have. But I know that he had gone back to Stanford. Because right after they did an interview, somebody posted a, a tweet and said, how do you know he would have been a first-rounder? Nobody knows. Yeah, nobody knows anything. As, as Kyle Shanahan said, nobody knows we're going to be here on Sunday for Mother's Day. I mean, my gosh, thankfully we are, and we were, and we are, hopefully. Well, you but don't know that for sure. You don't know that for sure. So you don't know anything for sure. But I've been doing this for a long time, and I've seen quarterbacks go in the first round, and I've seen how they've gotten to the first round. Dave Smills had every trait you're looking for in a first-round quarterback except experience. If he strung it together for 12, 13 weeks in the Stanford season, Stanford has a great year like I think they were going to with Mills at quarterback, and he stays healthy and shows all those skills, he's going to go in the first round in 2022. Promise. Yeah. Promise you he's going in the first round. So, sure, I can say that because, well, you know, there's no risk. But I wouldn't say that if I didn't believe he was going to be that guy. I could just tell you how good a quarterback I thought he was. But I think this is a buy low, sell high. And from that standpoint, Drew, if the Texans do hit on Davis Mills, if Davis Mills gets on the field and you're like, I love this guy. I love what he can do. He needs more experience. With more experience, he's going to be our guy. Whatever first-round picks you have in the future, you don't have to spend them on a quarterback. I mean, that would be fantastic. Yeah. That would be the ultimate in playing the draft as a pseudo football player stock market, if you will, that Nick Casario will have absolutely hit. And look, if it doesn't hit, look at the third round quarterbacks that don't hit. I mean, there's not a high expectation that he's going to, but if it does, it helps you out. If he yeah. doesn't, okay, eh, it didn't work out. You move on, you draft another quarterback at some other point, presumably, um, or you know, some other thing works out at quarterback, however it's going to go. But if Davis does work out, that can change the course of your franchise for however long. And it was a third round pick that did it. So I appreciate the, the calculated risk taken, but in all honesty, I don't know how high a risk it is considering what Davis Mills would have been after another year at Stanford had he stayed. And he only left, he only left because the whole COVID situation threw everything up in the air. And it was such a disaster for Stanford at the end of the year. They spent the last three weeks on the road and won all three games because Davis Mills was outstanding. And he's like, I don't know that I can do that anymore. I I'm going to go. And then he did. Cool with me. 
All right. So that's at the front of the draft for the Texans. And at the bottom of the draft this year, they took a guy named Roy Lopez. He'd spent his first four years at New Mexico State, played well there for the Aggies. That's right. There's Aggies in New Mexico. There's Aggies in Utah. There's Aggies here. And then yes. uh, transferred because the Aggies there were not playing football this year. And he transferred because of COVID to Arizona, closer to home where he grew up in the state of Arizona, Tempe, and uh, played really well. And it was fun to see the, the stuff he's, well, he's benched, you know, 225, 36 times. So he's super strong. He's there in the yeah. middle. Um, you saw that he's a two-time All-State state champ wrestler. So you know he knows how to use his hands, leverage, balance. He's got good stamina, all that stuff. And I listened to his interview, and he, had, he, he was just he was very likable. He's very calm, very sharp. Comes out, oh, his dad's a high school coach. And that makes sense. You know, hearing the way he, he spoke and the way he interacted. And so then I texted my old pal, Nick Skirfield, who used to work here, as well as former nose tackle Sean Cody. And I said, <laughs> uh, I like this guy we took in the sixth. Nose tackle from Pac-12. Wacky hair. Smart lovable personality hispanic sounds sort of familiar a eh, bros and cody said <laughs> cody i saw the dot 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 on the iphone yeah. pop right up and cody said love yeah. it he killed against sc this year called his name a bunch and you got to remember sean cody is now the color commentator on usc football broadcasts yeah. or telecast so he said he called his name a bunch send my warmest wishes if he needs any media slash branding advice <laughs> have him give me a ring Si se puede. So Sean Cody approves of this pick, which that's, I'm not saying that that, that is, is something that needs to go, but based on what Sean Cody did and what Sean Cody plays and what he's doing now, I like getting that, that, that confirmation and affirmation from him. And I know you really like the Lopez pick as well. I, what I think is going to happen is I think he's going to play pretty soon, maybe immediately. And yeah. I think he's going to be here a while. And I think by virtue of the position he plays, you're not going to see 20 sacks a year and 30 turns, but he's going to be doing what he needs to do, and he's going to help the rest of the defense around him, and you're going to be glad that this guy is here. I could be totally wrong. Might not know what the hell I'm talking about. This is all anecdotal, but I just got a feeling about this guy that good things will happen with Roy Lopez. And one last thing, I do puntos extra, which is basically like I asked two questions of our Spanish play-by-play -play voice Yes. Enrique Vasquez. We do that on a weekly basis. And I asked him, I was like, tell me about Davis Mills. And then tell me who you're most excited to see out of the other four draft picks. He said, well, and this is all in Spanish. He said, well, you know, obviously, you know, as a Mexican American, I'm really excited about Roy Lopez and, and to see what he did. And then he reeled off all his accomplishments. And so I think it could be fun for a lot of different reasons. And I'm excited to see Lopez and see what he can do on the field. Cause this is, that's a spot that they could, they could use some help just like, you know, across the, the board on both sides of the ball. I'm excited about what Roy Lopez might be able to do. Well, you know, I love putting video evidence with anecdotal evidence. Yes, you do. And you said, you me know, one. you, you asked me, we talk all the time. You asked the question, at the press conference about wrestling. And I was like, Drew just took one for me, man. Cause that's, that's one of my favorites. You, you know, defensive linemen, defensive linemen that I know have been successful wrestlers, offensive linemen have been successful wrestlers. I love those guys. I love him. Creed Humphrey was that at Oklahoma uh, when he's grown up in Oklahoma high schools. And Roy Lopez was that. His dad was his wrestling coach, his football coach. So 
I go back on Sunday because Saturday night I got home. I was comatose after everything and get home. And <laughs> Sunday I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to see what I can find. So I, I find the USC game, ironically, the one that, that Sean called. And so, so played down in a goal line. I think it's in the first half. And, you know, Arizona's got these jerseys that they're, they're like the Texans colors. You know, they're, they're um, yeah. you know, battle red and deep steel blue. So you can't really see whether they're wearing the red with the blue numbers or the blue with the red numbers. You can't really see like, like what number. So I'm looking for number 51. No one asked where I love it. He's number 51. I can't, I can't find him really. Odd number for a nose tackle, by the way. Well, yeah, at first, yeah. I know in the general vicinity, I don't have to look at the secondary. So I'm kind of yeah. watching these three guys in the middle and I'm trying to figure out which guy it is. The ball is snapped and I went, that one. <laughs> I knew immediately who it was because he took the center and literally bent him in half. I mean, bent him in half. I, I he, the good, the center was trying to face up on him, and Roy was shaded a little bit to that side. And Roy just took both arms and just torqued him back the other way, as if you were in Houston traffic and something popped, you know, an armadillo popped in your lane, and you were trying to get. It. He just did that mm. and took the center and just bent him over the other way, and was able to help because he kept the linebacker unblocked so the linebacker gets there first then he's able to help and attack a TFL, and I, yeah. ran it, I ran it back and i'm like oh my god i kept running it back and running it back and i'm like holy smokes we haven't had that in a while we haven't had that you know dj reader did things like that dj reader did things like that to quentin nelson and now i'm watching roy lopez do it and look roy you know people are like well he went to new mexico state you know to start off yeah he was 61 305 that's not a lot of times what college coaches are looking for. They want the 6'3", 315, you know, they, they want those kind of guys. And apparently the Arizona staff, when Rich Rodriguez was there, was split on what to do. So Lopez is like, forget it. I'll go to New Mexico State and dominate. Yeah. And then it turned around that Rich Rodriguez is no longer there. Kevin Sumlin was there. Lopez now had a body of work in college football to say, hey, look, I'm not playing this year. I want to be able to play. And then, and then the Pac-12 almost canceled. Well, luckily, they got about four or five games in, and Roy was able to show what he could do. He actually, I think, got a vote maybe two for defensive player of the year in the Pac-12. Yeah, and so, if you go on a lot of, like, Arizona amazing. fan sites, you know, people that cover the team, a lot of folks said he was their best defensive player, which, you know, they weren't lighting up the world, but it's good that you're getting the best defensive player from a certain team. I mean, I, I'm really excited about it. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I like I'm, all the reasons you pointed out, man. I, I just – I think – you know, the one, the one you mentioned about Enrique being a Mexican American here in Houston, I mean, to have, to have a player, I mean, they're just, in all honesty, there aren't that many Mexican American football players in league. Mm -hmm. There just aren't. And to have one here in Houston where the Mexican American um, influence is so strong and so captivating to have a player that, you know, little kids can grow up and say, I want to be like him. Yeah, I want to be like 51. I mean, that's and I, I don't know if he's wearing 51 for us. I think he might be, but either way, I just think that's really cool for for little kids to have somebody to look up to and say that's that's my guy. And yeah. I think that's that's so so cool to have in this city. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And then Enrique also asked me, "Hey, does he speak Spanish?" And I was like, I, "I don't know." So. That's another thing we'll want to find out because yeah. from time to time there have been players here who actually speak a little bit of Spanish. Xavier Sofilo. Yeah. Yes. Xavier had been on a, a Mormon mission. A mission, yeah. I can't remember where, 
I kind of think it was in Alabama, but it was it was a spot in Alabama where there was uh, a lot of you know, a lot of folks that had just come to the United States from yeah. Mexico, from El Salvador. So he spoke Spanish, and his Spanish got passable. He was able to use it. And yeah. He actually did some interviews with Enrique yeah. and, yeah. and the fellas. So I I know they they'd love to be able to speak Spanish with some of these guys, and we'll keep our eyes on Roy Lopez. This was fun. We touched a little bit on the past, a little bit on the present, a little bit on the future. It's always fun talking with you, John. Can't wait to yeah, see man. you again very, very soon. I'm going to see you in person. We've got a big company meeting here in the next hour. Take care.